So, you know, I take that yoga class, right? It's me, Cindy. And Susan, the teacher, starts every class with some sort of reading or discussion or an observation that makes a point or a suggestion about being a better human, leading a good life. All that stuff I'm totally behind anyway, so it's usually very thought-provoking. But this Saturday's class was no exception, although this time she said something that not only struck with me, it continued to roll around in my brain. She was saying how being relaxed is really good for you, lowering your blood pressure, your heart rate, all these physical benefits. And then she suggested that one way to shortcut to a point of relaxation is to recall a childhood memory of being really happy. And then she encouraged us to go ahead and pull one up. Can you? Right now? Just happy childhood memory, go. Coming up with anything off the top of your head? Are you doing a mental scan of your history? That's what I was doing. In spite of the fact that I'm aware and grateful for having had a very happy childhood, I really had to dig for a singular moment to focus on. My first go-to was Christmas morning, any of them, remembering waking up still in the dark, filled with that tingling anticipation that something truly magical had occurred and I was just about to see the results. I remember the feeling of rounding the corner into the living room and seeing the twinkly colored lights barely illuminating the mountain of presents under the tree. And then I recalled some of the better presents I had discovered there over the years. But then I thought, wait a minute, maybe my go-to shouldn't be material things, right? Maybe I needed to dig a little deeper and find a happy memory that wasn't tied to, well, you know, things. So next up, I start thinking about moments that made my heart spark, and next thing I know, I'm thinking about the first flushes of any of my numerous crushes. I started early, like when I was three. I met the new neighbor across the street. He was an older guy, maybe seven. I idolized him. And as my memory moved forward on a major scan, I had to stop myself there, too. I mean, like, wait a minute. Shouldn't I be able to find a memory of being really joyfully happy without it involving a guy? After all, in spite of being raised in an age where the end goal was husband and family, hadn't I evolved to the knowledge and understanding that women are good, make that great, fabulous, extraordinary, with or without anyone else in the equation? So given that while men can be cute and funny and endearing and all that, shouldn't I be able to come up with something that isn't tied to a guy? You know what my next search involved, right? I got to admit, it was food, specifically cake, candy, exceptionally delicious bites of taste treats, like the best chocolate cake I ever had. Make that the two best. One with fudge icing that was stunning in its deliciousness. And then there was the creme de la creme, the pinnacle, the cake that raises the bar for all others, devil's food cake with marshmallow icing topped with coconut. Note to you who prefer salty over sweet, this is not the cake for you, but for me, baked Nirvana. I also thought of other cakes that have made history in my personal life and candy bars, Baby Ruth, Butterfinger, Peanut M&M's. Oh, you know, M&M's had a cherry flavor for a while. They were divine. And the first time I bit into a $100,000 bar, that was pretty sweet. No pun intended. But of course, I had to stop myself there as well, because if I was going to disqualify presents or boys in this quest to pull up a happy childhood memory, I sure wasn't going to accept cake or any other food, even though it does make a very positive effect on my overall state of mind. But really, come on, am I that shallow? Please don't answer. Consider it a rhetorical question that stings enough in the asking. Meanwhile, class has moved on. We're all downward dog and triangle pose, and I'm still racking my brain doing a full memory scan. Was there no single moment in my childhood, or heck, in my lifetime, where I had that 
full-on flush of joy? I mean, I know there was. I know the feeling. Like your heart is soaring through your chest and you could just explode from all the happiness that's filling your soul. It's a great, wonderful, amazing, thrilling sensation. But what did that to me? By now, I'm starting to wonder where those little treasures are buried in my memory bank. And the class is almost over, and we're getting ready for the last part, which is what's called savasana, which is where you stretch out on a mat, close your eyes, and let your body just relax. We're supposed to stay focused in the moment, like we've been all through class. But this is the point where my brain, that's been totally tuned to each pose for the past hour, acts like it's just been sent out to recess and needs to make up for time it wasn't free to wander. And my brain, it's off and running, still scrambling through my skull, rifling through my memory bank trying to find something to hold on to and dive into so I can connect and relive that moment of happiness so I can get a head start and relaxing. So ironic giving that the hunt for the happy moment has effectively just stressed and depressed me. Is my takeaway that I'm a shallow, superficial woman whose moments of happiness are all connected to things, men, and food? So there on the mat, I dig deeper. Nature, I tell myself, look to nature. I love nature. I know I can find something there, even if I have to skip past the early years to find it. Then I remember the glaciers. Standing on the deck of a cruise ship, I'd found a quiet spot where no one else was around, and I was staring out at massive, awe-inspiring glaciers, surrounded by the silver-silted water that sparkled in the sun, and I realized I was crying, not ugly crying, but so deeply moved by the grandeur and beauty of nature that I was moved to tears, literally in gratitude, not just for what was there, but in appreciation that I was getting to be there to see it. At the time, I made the point to take it all in with as much detail as I possibly could so that I could recall it and essentially relive it whenever I wanted. Okay, that's good. But while I was deeply struck by the moment, it wasn't quite the heart-pounding joy I'm still searching for. Then I remember Sonny. Uh-oh, I'm going to start crying. A puppy wandered up to me while visiting a friend. I recognized him right away. I knew he was my dog, but not really, because clearly someone else had found him first. But as I was petting and talking to him, telling him already how I loved him, the woman next to me asked, do you want him? Yeah, I do. I did. And even just thinking back to that, I can't help but get choked up because he was that kind of dog. Okay, I'm all right. Sunny opened the door to memories of Oreo, my daughter, barely four years old, walking up to me, cradling a tiny brown puppy. Look, it's our new dog, Oreo. It was never even up for discussion. P-Squash first spotted begging for treats outside a restaurant where we had just had breakfast, a little homeless thing who found her new home with me. Nora, another homeless thing, rescued bandages and all from the shelter. Yep, she's going to need surgery. Good choice. Rosie first spotted as she rounded the corner, and just like Sunny, I knew she was my dog before I knew if she could be. Riley, who ran up to me, leaping his entire 50 pounds into my lap, putting his head against my chest and claiming me as his very own. And then there's Ruby, who's still adjusting to a life where nothing is going to hurt her. And again, like surrounded by glaciers, I realize I'm crying here in yoga class, laying on my mat, partly from the accumulative loss of these sweet companions and partly because my love for them still runs so deeply. But still, not that burst of boundless joy, 100% pure happiness, still hadn't found that memory. And class was over. I headed home and continued to scan. Damn. So, Saturday night, I got to join up with the Bobby Nathan band. Sometimes they let me be part of them, singing backup vocals. They were playing at Cupsog Beach at the very end of Dune Road, right on the Atlantic Ocean. 
you have to consider yourself pretty lucky to live in a place where you can go stick your toes in the Atlantic. They play the beaches, Smith Point, Michoud, Hampton Bays, Copsog, and it makes for a pretty magical night. Whether you're part of it or just there listening, the band is tight. They got a huge playlist that keeps triggering that I love this song reflex. And there I stand, sax and trumpet players to my left, bass guitar behind me, keyboards, drums, guitar, Gary and Patty singing to my right. We're tearing through something and I can't stop moving to the music because, well, I can't stop dancing or smiling. And it hits me. This, this is that out of bounds, sky high, chest bursting, heart soaring happiness that I've been trying to find all day. This, dancing on this deck, staring into the sunset, breathing salt air, making these harmonies in this song, in this note, and not ironically in the true spirit of the be here now, in this very moment. So now, if I want to lower my blood pressure and heart rate and truly relax, I don't have to travel back to childhood because I have a starting point right here, right now. How cool is that? If you want a dose of that yourself, check out Bobby Nathan Band. Dot com.